Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Um, welcome from Corvallis, Oregon. Not Oregon, Oregon, everyone. Or bang, bang, Oregon. Okay, you got it right. Uh, and uh, they will correct you if you go out there. Just so I'm just helping you out. Um, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart, from Renew's heart. You have been a huge support. We started actually about, I think, one or two years after you, depending on how you measure. Um, and you guys have supported us financially and in prayer ever since. And we, our story has been a little different than your story. Um, our story has been one of up. God grew the church to about 170 people. And then my ex-wife and I blew it up and shrunk it down to about 60. And by a miracle of God, um, they decided um, and God allowed for me to be restored as pastor. Um, and uh, God now has been building that church again. Um, it's humbling and awe-inspiring. In the last six months, we've seen seven people come to know Jesus and be baptized. Uh, it's just amazing. Um, we're in a college town, so we're a mile away from a university that has about 29,000 students. 10,000 of them are into students, which means they're from all over the world, predominantly China, India, and Arabian countries. Um, but God is working at Renew and in no small part thanks to you. So thank you for continuing your support. We appreciate it. A little bit about myself is last time I was here two years ago, uh, my divorce had just finalized. I had been separated from my then, uh, well, my ex-wife at that time for almost two years. And uh, now about six months later, um, probably a little too fast. Who knows? Yeah, you could argue. Uh, I met a girl on ChristianMingle.com, a youth pastor in California, um, a Christian Reformed youth pastor in California, who wouldn't have dated me if she knew I was a pastor, so I didn't put it on my profile. Truth. Anyways, because um, who wants to date a pastor? Nobody. Anyways, so uh, anyways, um, and a year later, wouldn't you know it, I married a girl who has four kids of her own. So between the two of us, we are the Brady Bunch plus two. And uh, anyways, that's enough about my life. Um, you have come here today from all kinds of different backgrounds, and I think we've already been the worship team, beautiful job of setting the stage. Here we are. We're broken people, whether we know it or not, whether we know it or not. You look good but there's stuff that has happened in our lives and we are all in need of the same thing. Not only to hear about the beautiful name of Jesus, but to experience the beauty of Jesus. So with that in mind, we wanna kind of move forward and hoping that we will experience the beauty of Jesus this morning. Um, as it turns out, or at least what I've heard, um, a potter after she finishes her creation, whether it's a pot or a bowl or a vase, whatever it is, um, sets it aside to dry, and then after it's dry, puts it in the fire to harden it, right? And um, the way that she would know that it was done for some types of clay is that they take it out of the fire and they thump it. And when it makes a, emits, uh, makes a singing sound, it's done. Now, I don't know, if you're a potter, maybe you know more about this than I do. This is only what I've heard. Um, as it turns out, certain kinds of play, uh, clay, when it reaches a certain temperature, actually emits tone when thumped. 
when the pot sings, in other words, it's ready, to, it's ready for use. Pretty cool. Well, in this thing called life, if you live it for any duration of time, at least if you live my life for any duration of time, unwelcome and unexpected thumps happen. Have you been there? For me, the largest thump of my life was a divorce that happened kind of unexpectedly out of the middle of nowhere and put me into a pain I, I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. I would have rather been punched in the face over and over and oh, every day for a year and a half. But I'm not the only one that has experienced such things in life. And I am not ignorant to think that even in this room, there are people that go, I know what that's like. Sucker punched to the belly every day for five years. Life tends to deal those out every once in a while. Whether it's ridiculed at school or the experience of racism or sexism in the workplace or the loss of employment, a new disability or diagnosis, financial and relational trouble. I don't know what it is. How has life thumped you lately? And then we're going to read some words in the book of James. James says, consider it pure joy whenever you face troubles of many kinds. Let me give you the modern translation. It's all good. But does it really feel that way? When life sucker punches you, does it really feel like it's, it's all good? Are you, are you nuts? I'm on every single kind of drug just to keep me level. It ain't all good. But the question I want to wrestle with today is when life thumps us, does our life sing? When life thumps us, does our life sing? And with that in mind, let's say a word of prayer, and we'll dig in further. Heavenly Father, would you open our ears so that we would hear the words that you want to speak to us? And would you open my mouth so that I would speak the words that you would have me speak? And Lord, most importantly, would you open your hearts, and would your Holy Spirit do surgery on our souls? Would you, the beauty of you, O oh Lord... Just go deep into the darkest places of our hearts, and would you bring healing and restoration and resurrection there, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you got your Bibles, open them up. It's a short text today. Three verses, two, three, and four of James chapter one. Or if not, you got a smartphone. I'm a big fan of just bringing your own thing, but if not, you can follow along. Here we go. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. It's short, but there's a ton packed in there. Whether it's a grumpy teenager or an irrational boss or an unexpected diagnosis, it's cancer or unforeseen financial distress, the thumps of life don't tend to trigger joy. At least not if you're me. They don't trigger the best in us. They tend to trigger the worst in us. 
And come on, don't we all know that? I mean, if somebody, I mean, by the way, you Michiganders are crazy drivers. I'm, I'm slow now that I'm in the West Coast. I'm like driving, everybody's racing around. But all it takes, right, is somebody to cut you off or go a little honk, honk. And the worst of you comes out, I'll give you a little honk, honk, you know. I mean, come on. It triggers the worst in us. And then here comes James. Who does he think he is? Half-brother of Jesus. And he says, consider it pure joy. Count it all as joy when you face trials of many kinds. Well, wait, 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 wait. Just a second, James. You're talking about some kinds of trials, the easy ones that we all can see the moral of the story at the outside, on the other side. No, no, no. He says trials of, of many kinds. He might as well say all kinds. Consider it pure joy. Well, if you're anything like me, you're kind of wondering, um, what does that mean and what does that look like? Because that, that's not natural. So what does that mean and what does that look like? Horatio Spafford, 1873, and his family, they were scheduled to travel from the United States to Europe by ship. At last minute, he had an emergency meeting. He was a lawyer, and he sent his family, his wife and four girls, ahead of him. On the way there, their ship crashed headfirst into another ship, and 12 minutes later, sunk. 12 minutes. Everything changed for Horatio, and the only family survivor was his wife. When she arrived in Wales, she telegraphed her husband these words, saved alone. Spayford then left by boat to meet her. And, and near the tragic scene on the high seas, he wrote the hymn that many of us know as when peace like a river. When unforeseen, undesirable, unpalatable events, ones that just don't make any sense or circumstances happen, I don't know about you, but I want to blame, I want to minimize, I want to wallow in self-pity or escape. Get out of Dodge. But faith, Faith in Jesus compels us to own our story and the role we play in it, acknowledge our pain and our feelings, reflect on what we are going through, and perhaps the hardest, to wait. Woo! To wait upon the Lord to do His work in us and for us to wait for Him to bring about the resurrection He desires for our life, not the resurrection we want for our life. You see, faith perseveres. Faith perseveres. Perseverance, or doing something despite difficulty or delay, doing something despite difficulty or delay is rooted in our faith our faith in Jesus. Spaford had faith in God, so he trusted in Him. 
regardless of the horrific events that happened unexpectedly in his life, he trusted in God. His life sang even when it went horribly wrong. Even when. His life sang. A broken hallelujah. Not a fake song, not a put on your happy pants, happy pants, I guess, but happy face. But a broken hallelujah, his life sang nonetheless. He didn't bail on his source of comfort in this life and the next. Rather, he clung to him. See, our faith, when pain happens, actually bears down on Jesus. It doesn't let go. It bears down. It clings on for dear life. He had heroic endurance in the midst of tragedy because faith perseveres. In Ann Voskamp's book, uh, A Thousand Gifts, Anne shares her process of trying to understand the senseless tragedy of her two-year-old sister being run over by a truck. It doesn't make sense, people of God. Her conclusion was that our primary issue is whether or not we trust in God's character. This is not the kind of faith that sits around and talks around a coffee table about theology and pontificates in seminaries or in Bible studies. It's not just good when you're with your Christian friends. No, this is the kind of faith that meets us in everyday life, in the hardest of circumstances. It's real reality stuff. So what do you believe about God's character? Do you believe He's loving? Do you believe He's good? Do you believe He's faithful to His promises? Do you believe He's able even when, even when you hear those words, it's cancer? even when your child is all strung out, even when your relationship is falling apart, even when faith trusts in God in spite of our circumstances. Faith trusts in God to bring resurrection out of even life's most tragic deaths. And there are all kinds of deaths, and you know it. The death of a child, the death of a relationship, a death of a marriage, a a death of hopes, a death of your way. Faith perseveres. At the center of God's character is, of course, love. Love displayed primarily or at its utmost in Jesus, a love that meets us in our trials and our sufferings. Now, listen, this doesn't take the sting of our tragedies away. 
Don't go to your friend that's going through hell on earth and say, don't worry, God's got a plan for you. Everything's going to be okay. Sit with them and cry a while and shut that thing called a mouth. But it is also true that Jesus meets us in the middle of our trials and tragedies in a way that no one else Timothy Keller puts it so well when he writes, yes, we do not know the reason God allows evil and suffering to continue or why it is so random, but now at least we know what the reason is not. It cannot be that he does not love us. It cannot be that he does not care. He is so committed to our ultimate happiness that he was willing to plunge into the greatest depth of suffering himself. He understands us. He has been there and he assures us that he has a plan to eventually wipe away every tear. Someone might say, but that's not the only half, uh, and that is only half an answer to the question, why yes? But it is the half we need. It is the half we need. And that is why our faith perseveres. Well, let's dig down a little bit more. I think there's two words that help us understand perseverance just a little bit better. What it looks like, how we do it. And those words are steadfast and endurance. Steadfast and endurance. Steadfast is to keep doing something despite difficulty. To keep doing something despite difficulty. Somebody slaps you in the face to keep loving despite difficulty. It's hard. You get teased at school to keep on being kind despite difficulty. To be steadfast in your faith as a follower of Jesus, it ain't easy. And endurance. Endurance is active and growing determination in the face of adversity to hold to one's core belief. This is why I think it's so critical for you to own your faith, to seek Jesus out in the pages of his word and to test it, to find out what you truly believe so that when you face the criticism of others, you have this growing determination in your core beliefs. You endure. You're not wiffle-waffling all over the place. Well, they said this, and I want them to like me. And now you say, listen, I'm not going to be a jerk, but I know that my Redeemer lives. I know what my core beliefs are, and I am determined increasingly to believe them. So she was steadfast in praying for and remained faithful to her unfaithful husband, or He endured through the unjust treatment due to the color of his skin with kindness, grace, and firm boundaries. You see, perseverance drills down into the foundation of Jesus Christ regardless of feelings or circumstance. Don't be feeling-driven people. Be gospel-driven people. Our faith drills down and trusts in who Jesus is, what he has done, and what he will do. And the result is this. 
faithfulness in the midst of unfaithfulness, kindness in the face of hate, and blessing in response to curses. How are we doing at persevering? How are we doing at blessing those who curse us? Your wife yells at you. Somebody backstabs you at work. Somebody ridicules your faith. Go on Facebook, better tear them down, make them feel like a mental idiot. There is nothing of faith in responding in the worldly way. Faith perseveres. That's how faith works. But perseverance also allows for more. See that second part of the verses that we read, it said, let, James said, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Not lacking anything. I mean, you, you need this, what God wants to do through perseverance more than anything. I love Legos. I like these huge projects. I just have no patience at all. No ability to persevere through looking through all the Lego parts and the directions to finish anything worth noting. Um, but I have friends. I have friends who persevere through the arduous process of finding every piece and going through every page, right, to put together these incredible creations that are worthy of dis to put on display. Fully functional Lego Death Stars, right? Come on. Cool stuff. Pain, suffering, and trials tend to dredge up the forgotten and tucked away pieces of our life and the perseverance of our faith gives God full opportunity to help us sort through all the mess. Come on now and make something beautiful. Our lives have messy parts to it. And you can tuck it away. But by God's grace, sometimes he brings pain in our life to give opportunity to actually make something more beautiful. Something whole, something complete, something that actually can go on display to a world in need of experiencing the beauty of the Lord, the beauty of what God can do with broken people who have broken pieces, how he can put it together. This is how God works. You see, when we persevere in our pain and our trouble, when we persevere in even, maybe even perhaps most, through the consequences of our sin, and we bring it to God and we trust in Him with all our might, what happens is He strips us of our selfishness, 
He takes away our unhealthy attachments. He demolishes our pride. Don't we need a little bit of demolishing of our pride? He, he heals our me-first attitudes and pulls us into dependence on Him where we learn a few things that are really, really per important, like humility, like we aren't all that. And that's okay. And we learn how to trust, and ultimately we learn how to love. Paul Miller, in a beautiful book called A Loving Life, his first words are this in the book. It says, suffering is the crucible of love. Have you suffered much? Have you bore the cost of love much? That's where we learn how to love. There is work that God wants to do in you that only perseverance of our faith affords. I'll never forget sitting with friends of mine. They have an adult autistic son who's lived with them for 34 years. And it's hard. It's hard. And I remember listening to them, and at one point in the conversation, I, I just acknowledged, I said, I said, it sounds like this has been hard can't go away on vacations. I got, I mean, got work to do a lot, all the time. Kids are hard enough, right? Adult kids, kind of, that I think are meant to go away. 25-year-olds, you're meant to move out. <laughs> um, and I said, I, it sounds hard, and I'll never forget his response. I am so thankful that God put him in my life because if he wouldn't have been in my life, I would have been a selfish prick. The thumps, suffering and trials by the perseverance of our faith give opportunity for us to grow up out of selfishness and arrogance and judgmentalism and our hypocritical adolescence into mature adults who reflect Jesus. Faith perseveres. The thumps now don't cause faith, but they do authenticate our faith. They provide an opportunity of for us to grow in our faith. It's kind of like looking at a diamond under a microscope or having an expert look at a fine painting, right? Perseverance reveals who we really trust in. Who do you really trust in? Oh, I trust in God, and then something bad happens, and we all fall apart like the sky is falling. God, do you really trust that God is in control? Now, some of you are going... Josh, I can get there, but that joy part. Let's get back to the joy. What is there to be joyful about in the midst of being teased at school? What is there to be joyful about living through my child's addiction? What is there to be joyful about watching my mom struggle with cancer? through job problems, through relationship problems. Come on now. 
And I have these three things I would want to share with you. Our joy comes in knowing that Jesus meets us in the thumbs. I had a friend who said, I get excited, a little bit excited in a weird way when bad things happen because I start looking for where God's going to show up. When God brings you to the low place, have you been there? One of the most beautiful things that will ever happen is when you finally open your eyes. Hard. You finally open your eyes and you realize you're not alone. Jesus is not only there with you, but he surrounds you with people who understand, who are willing to walk with you. And if Jesus is with you, then there is no place, there is nothing that can separate you from him. And I believe that gives us reason to sing, a reason for joy to know that God is not going to leave me, not even here, not even when it's your fault, not even when you did it. Number one. Number two, our joy comes in the knowledge of and the trust in the fact that Jesus is at work in us, through us, and for us, even when, and perhaps most tangibly, when life thumps us unexpectedly. Jesus actually is there refining us and forming us. He is going to do something in you. You may not know it. You may not want to know that he's doing it. But you can go, you know what, God? I know that there's something to teach me, to learn. You're shaping me. Now, listen, if somebody's going through a hard time, that's not the first time you shouldn't lead by going there and saying, hey, just so you know, God's going to do something wonderful with this. One of the worst things I ever heard somebody said, a friend of mine was going through a divorce, wife just left him, and they said, oh, don't worry, God will give you a better wife. Are you dumb? Are you serious? He loved that woman. Come on now, people of God, you can do better than that. You can sit tight, shut your mouth, and cry, Okay with the person. Knowing that it is also profoundly true that God is going to shape you in ways you never knew. He's going to teach you about yourself in ways that was not possible through any other means. And you will be more like Jesus if you persevere in your faith. And I believe that gives us reason for joy. And then finally, and perhaps most importantly, Our joy comes in knowing that Jesus willingly plunged into the depths of suffering, enduring the cross on our behalf in order to conquer the cause of our suffering, and that is sin and its effects in us and through us. Jesus persevered through a life on earth. He lived the life 
we could not live. He persevered. Even more, he persevered on the cross, dying the death we don't have to die on our behalf, and persevered in the grave, experiencing the condemnation those of us who have faith in Jesus don't have to endure. He is the definition of perseverance. In the face of incredible difficulty, Jesus was steadfast. In the face of incredible trial, Jesus endured. Why? Because he loves you. Because he cares about what you're going through. Because he saw your misery. He sees your trials. He sees what you're going through. And he says, no more. It will not get the last word. He rose again from the grave, conquering sin and death, so we can know that sin and death do not, will not, cannot get the last word. And for that reason, faith perseveres. See, we respond to his love in faith. And faith perseveres. A faith that perseveres because Jesus persevered. A faith that perseveres because we know that through Jesus, all wrongs, all sufferings, I don't get how this is true, but I believe it with all my heart. And this doesn't make light of anything that you have gone through or will go through, but I believe this with everything that I am, that everything that we have gone through, every pain, every trial, every horror, will somehow ultimately be renewed at the end of time. And as a result, they will someday, when our faith becomes sight, serve to bring about more joy. This is the reason we sing songs. This is the reason we sing songs of hope, songs of thanksgiving, resurrection songs, because we know that in the midst of our trouble, God is with us. Through our thumps, God is at work in us. And through Jesus, every thump you have ever taken will be renewed and redeemed. Do you have a faith that perseveres? Heavenly Father, thank you for meeting us in this place. Thank you for loving us just as we are and persevering on our behalf. Thank you for persevering not only in life, but in death. Thank you for not only persevering in death, but in the grave. And thank you that you have done what we cannot do. You overcame sin and death so that we could experience resurrection. Give us the perseverance to wait on you, to be steadfast and to endure.
I forgot to read these words and I want to read them to you as the music is playing. It's only fitting to end this way. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. My sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin not in part but the whole is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul. And Lord, haste the day when my face shall be sight, the clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. It is well. It is well with my soul. It is well.